pilots, elite officers in the Space Command of Scolia. The prospect that one of us would go crazy and attack everyone in sight had made a lot of hollow movie producers annoyingly rich. I'll foam your mouth, I grumbled. Rex smiled. That sounds interesting. Helda spoke in her throaty accent. You remember Garth Byler? Rex glanced at her. He entered the Daishan Military Academy as a cadet the year I graduated. Helda nodded. She was as big as Rex, towering over both Toss and me. Her hair hung around her face like honeycorn straw. He went to a heartbender. The nerveplex under my feet stiffened. I slowed down, trying to relax. There was no need to tense up. Heartbender was just the slang we used for the psychiatrists who treated jaggernauts who broke under the strain of a war that had gone beyond the capabilities of normal humans to fight it. But if one of us did snap, and it happened more often than Space Command admitted, we usually did it quietly. Any violence was almost always directed inward, not at other people. What happened to him? Tass asked. Went to the hospital, Helda said. Then he retired. I rubbed the back of my hand across my forehead, unable to concentrate on the conversation. My pulse and breathing had speeded up, and sweat gathered on my temples, dampening curls of my hair. What was the matter with me? Then I saw it. Across the arcade, two people were watching us. A young man and woman, dressed in imported jeans and glittery hot shirts. They looked like students, maybe lovers, out for a stroll. Neither of them was smiling. They just stood staring at us, their snack sticks dangling forgotten in their hands. Tightness constricted around my chest like a metal band. I stopped walking and took a deep breath. Block, I thought. I didn't get the response I expected. All I should have seen when I gave the block command was a psicon, a small picture similar to the icons on a computer, except that psicons appeared in the mind. It should have flashed and disappeared. Instead, the image of a computer menu formed in my mind. I closed my eyes and the menu wavered like the afterimage of a bright light on my eyelids. When I opened my eyes, my perception shifted so that I saw the menu hanging in the air in front of me like a holographic image. It showed me three commands. Transfer, block, exit. The letters were in my personal font, which made them look as if they were carved out of amber. Next to the word block... I saw the picture of a neural synapse with a wall between the axon and dendrite. That picture was the block psychon I had expected to flash in my mind. Instead, it sat here, floating in the air, part of a big menu, waiting for my attention. Rex and Helda had stopped next to me and were talking to each other, oblivious to the list of words I saw superimposed on them. The people from Earth had a good saying for times like this, friggin' rockets. Better yet, flaming friggin' rockets. What was this menu doing hanging in the air? No, that was the wrong question. I knew why it was there. The computer node implanted in my spine had produced it when I sent a command by thinking the word block. It accessed my optic nerve to make the menu appear in front of me. Except it shouldn't have happened. I had set up my systems to bypass this procedure. It was far too inefficient, not to mention distracting, to go through the whole process every time I gave a command to my spinal node. The only response I should have seen to my block command was the flash of the synapse and walls icon letting me know the node was working. I just thought of the computer in my spine as the node. I named most computers I worked with, but not this one. 
It would have been too much like calling myself by someone else's name, as if I were doubling or splitting my personality. I formed another thought for the node, switched to brief mode. Its response came into my mind as if it were my own thought, but phrased in the node's usual bone-dry verbiage. Recommend verification mode. Too much time has passed since you last confirmed blocking operations. So it wanted to run a check. I knew the routine. The node would show me every step it followed to execute my block command. Usually the process went at close to the speed of light, which was the limit to how fast signals could travel along the fiber-optic threads in my body. But right now it wanted me to plod through the whole excruciating routine to make sure there were no errors in it. All right, I thought, do the check. The menu faded. Then the node produced a new image. This one also hung in the air like a holo, a blue silhouette of the two students who were still staring at us. The node overlaid the silhouette on them so that they looked as if they were glowing with blue light. Input from these two sources exceeds safety tolerances, the node thought. I know that. For an empath like myself, their input was their fear. I felt it so intensely that sweat had formed on my temples and was running down my neck. Block their input, I thought. I am releasing a drug that will inhibit the action of cyamine on the neurons in the paracenters of your brain, including attachment to P1 receptors. Inhibition will continue until external input drops below your default safety tolerances. I grimaced. Can't you just say you're blocking them? I am blocking them, the node obliged. The onslaught of fear receded. As my shoulders relaxed and my heartbeat slowed, I thought, Procedure verified. Now switch to brief mode. Brief mode entered. Finally. I glanced around at the others. Tass was standing next to me, staring at the turreted roof of a stall. The student's fear radiated off him like heat off a red-hot ingot. I laid my hand on his arm. Shut them out. He didn't move. His face was pale under its usual olive color. That's an order, I said. Initiate blocking. Tass jerked. Then he closed his eyes. After a moment, he looked at me, his color returning. You all right? I asked. Yes, he winced. It was so intensely caught me off guard. Me too. Rex glanced from me to Tass. Then he turned to the students, and I felt him block their input. Although I couldn't pick up Helda as easily, her brief glazed look told me she too had accessed her spinal node. None of them took more than an instant to do the block. Apparently their nodes weren't harassing them with verification procedures today. Well, maybe harassing isn't a fair word. After all, I was the one who had told it to warn me when too long went by without a check. Toss spoke in a low voice. I don't know why I slipped up like that. It's this damn nerveplex, I motioned to the boardwalk. It interacts with the crowd like a mood enhancer. Toss and I were more sensitive to the effect. He, because he was the least experienced member of the squad, and I, because I was the strongest empath, held a motion toward the students. Why do those two over there get so upset? What do they think we do to them anyway? Rex turned back to us, speaking in a strangely quiet voice. I get tired of evoking that reaction. He pushed his hand through his hair, mussing up the black locks. No, not black. More and more white showed at his temple every day. But now what was this? Why did Tuss have that odd smile? What's so funny? I asked. He flushed. Ma'am, why are you grinning like that? He immediately stopped smiling. Nothing, ma'am. I laughed. 
Das, you don't need to say ma'am. In a group as tightly knit as ours, it made no sense to be so formal. What was funny? He hesitated, then motioned toward the students. That boy had a different reaction to you than he did to the rest of us. Different? I blinked. How? He thinks you're, um... I waited. Yes? Toss reddened. He thinks you're sexy. I felt my own face flush. I'm old enough to be his mother, Helda laughed. Yeah, but you look like a youngster, Soz. I smiled. I do not. In truth, she wasn't the first to tell me that. Rex grinned, and I felt Toss relax. Our group tension trickled away. As Rex started to speak, his gaze shifted to a point beyond me, and his smile vanished like a door slamming shut. I turned to look. Traitors. Of course, they didn't call themselves traitors. They were Eubians, members of the euphemistically named Eube Concord. There were five of them, all dressed in gray uniforms with blue piping on the pants and crimson braid on the sleeves. Although it was hard to make out the color of their eyes from this far away, I didn't think any of them had the red eyes of an aristo, a member of the highest caste in the rigid hierarchy of the Concord. One of them did have an aristo's finely chiseled features, the black hair, even the arrogant stance, and his hair glinted. But it didn't have that liquid shimmering quality so distinctive of an aristo. Perhaps they were an Aristo's bodyguards. It was one of the more prestigious positions allowed members of the lower traitor castes. My guess was that they were taskmasters, children born from the pairing of an Aristo with a lower caste traitor. They stood across the arcade, staring at us. The crowds continued about their business, bustling along the boardwalk between our group and the traitors. An odd feeling.